Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you are well. I hope all is going well with you in your world and that, you know, things are just... I hope you're in a good place. So, and if you are not, then let us, I mean, let us believe that as we spend this time together that the Lord will somehow speak to your heart and to your mind and provide the the healing, the wisdom and the comforts that you would need to to just tide you over, let's put it that way and um, bring you to and bring us all to where we need to be and um, thank you for joining me Um, this is a daily Christian podcast where I muse about faith, life and love in the context of scripture, what it means for me and my life and how I'm experiencing God and um, you know as I have been reading the Bible a lot more in a different sort of way, let me say, in the last year or so, I think the one thing I realize now more than before is that Christianity has been so misrepresented in our world of today. We haven't done a good job of representing our faith to the world, at least in this our generation, this generation that we've been in. I would say in the past 20 years, I would say, and horribly in the last 10 years, and I think we were unprepared for how, you know, the increase of how globalization, how knowledge and all of that would change the world. And we just got caught up in so many things. And we, for some reason, I think, I just don't know what went wrong, but I don't think we've represented our faith well. I don't think we even have understood our faith because when I read the Bible now, in fact, I think something just went wrong because honestly, when I was a Christian in my early years, it was very obvious what it meant to be a born-again Christian. It meant receiving Jesus into your life, turning away from turning away from you know a life of sin and starting a new life, you know, as a as a new creation. And there was a turning away and a turning to. And you know, Christianity was about loving God and serving God and needing him and it was not about getting things it wasn't about acquiring things it wasn't about you know right now the the world is so obsessed with success you know material success social success fame fortune riches wealth you know acclamations I see you know there's just a lot going on and it seems that the approval of society is of a greater value to many of us than approval of God, even as Christians. The Bible says we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. He didn't say we should study to show ourselves approved unto man. He did say we should try as best as possible to follow peace with all men. He did tell us to love our neighbor as ourselves, but he didn't tell us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. I mean unto man. We are playing for an audience of one. We are living for an audience of one. When I mean one, I mean the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That is who the Christian is supposed to please. And when I'm reading the epistles now, the I, I almost feel like there should be some Bibles that separate the prescriptive things from the things that are descriptive. Because I think the fact that they are sort of like 
crafted together in a story, we it it, it makes it easier for people to discountenance the Bible as a book of fairy tales. Whereas there is wisdom in the Bible, there is instruction in the Bible, and there is description in the Bible. And there are many things we are instructed to do. We are instructed to love one another. It's not a it's not optional. We are instructed not to get involved with evil speaking. We are instructed to practice our faith. In fact, I'm seeing so many epistles, James, Peter, Paul, Hebrews, they talked about practicing faith, practicing prayer, practicing the word of God. These are things, you know, there's a practice of it. It says stay away from this. And it, it, the Bible puts so much accountability on us. It doesn't even say, it says resist the devil. You can imagine God telling you to resist the devil, that Satan that we all look at as this powerful demon that can do anything god actually expects us to resist him and he wouldn't tell us to resist if he didn't feel we had the ability to resist in fact the power of moral agency is all over the bible so he expects us to exercise the power he gives us the nature of god so that we have the desire to want to do the things that are pleasing in his side but he still sets before us death and life, you know, righteousness, good and evil, and he expects us to exercise that moral agency to do the things that are right. This is really shocking to me because, and honestly, when I think of the fact that it's like I've lost 10 years or 15 years of my Christian experience, because in those 10 or 15 years, I was focused on my problems and how to get ahead and how to entangle myself through life. I was practicing my faith for the purpose of receiving things from God rather than practicing my faith for the purposes of serving and knowing God. So now I feel like I just need to make up for lost time. And to be honest, I have stayed away from a lot of gatherings because I think they, they, they are reinforcing this i don't want to use i just they're just reinforcing this 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 evil i'll just call it what it is it's evil it's an evil distraction when you read the bible we are called to a life of consecration a life of separation it doesn't mean you change your life in terms of if you are working in a particular place you continue to work there in fact paul addressed that when he talked about when he spoke to servants and all that he said in whatever state in which you receive Christ professionally, whatever vocation you are doing, continue in it, but serve God in that vocation. And then he begins to t- talk to them about submitting, about don't lie, don't steal, you know, don't do wrong things that are wrong, you know. All these things, the Bible is very clear about it. Advice to believers that I am born again does not exonerate me from living, you know, from, from good behavior, you know. The blood of Jesus doesn't cover all sin. In fact, it 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 brings it up to the surface. Christianity is not a is not a hiding place for sin or for wrongdoing or for reckless behavior. In fact, Christianity is a place that if for any reason I had a gap in the way I was raised, let's assume I came from a dysfunctional, highly dysfunctional family and I wasn't well raised, Christianity should be the place where my character becomes formed where i now learn how to master my emotions how to be more self-disciplined to treat people with 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 respect you know to speak in a particular kind of way to put away you know and and just to be a more wholesome person and a citizen christianity should be the place where 
I learned to build a strong moral cap- um, character that 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 gives respect and honor to people regardless of what where they come from who they are and just makes me a decent human being and when i mean decent you you know you are just the kind of person that always exudes virtue or you know how fact i'm finding it so difficult because it's so di- it's, these are behaviors you don't even see anymore so i mean the kind of person that is is respectful is trustworthy is credible is reliable is loving compassionate you know just a good person the kind of person that you 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 ex, you, you you meet and you feel wow this this that lady was really kind i loved working with her because you know she was very empathetic she was always willing to help you know when you're around her you just feel happy she makes people laugh you know she's very positive about life you know all, all those sort of things she's trustworthy she tells you the truth but she says it in a way that you know she she gets the message across but she doesn't hurt you you know those kind of things people that are just pleasant to be around because they make things better their presence just makes things better that's who christians are supposed to be we're not supposed to be judgmental we're not supposed to be arrogant we're not supposed to be self-centered we're not supposed to be um, bitchy we're not supposed to be you know people who complain all the time we're not supposed to be envious we're not supposed to be malicious we're not supposed to be grabbing people who grab things we're not supposed to be machiavellian in how we go manipulative how we go about our lives i'm not supposed to be all of those i'm not supposed to be you know to think of myself i'm not supposed to be all puffed up and think of myself as being better than other people i'm not supposed to be you know a horrible person in fact, there's a thread going on about horrible bosses. And you see, this is the thing. Christians should be the best bosses in the world. They should be the best employers. And we're not. In fact, some of the most horrible bosses are actually Christian. I mean, particularly, not Christian, but um, particularly church. Um, a lot of people, in fact, most of the horrible bosses are, 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 are people who claim to be servants of God. Let's just put it that way. They, they're completely horrible. And, and they use the fact that you're supposed to be working with anyway I don't let me not go into that rant but the point I'm trying to make is that we're not differentiated as Christians we're not and I'm, I'm beginning to realize now because I'm, I'm studying a lot about spiritual disciplines the fact that we're supposed to actually have spiritual disciplines and I think because a lot of us were running away from religion and the way in which the orthodox church did things and legalism we then sort of like felt we could just go into this free flow christian style where i just go with the flow but the point is that we're not even at that level spiritually to go with the flow so you do need discipline and now i realize that if jesus um if jesus went through this i mean exercise spiritual discipline then i need to so jesus had a habit of waking up very early in the morning separating himself to a place of solitude in prayer if he does that then i need to do that as well jesus prayed regularly he prayed with the disciples he broke bread with the disciples he meditated with god he opened scriptures he read scriptures he also joined them in public gatherings you know so all those things jesus did he referred to the scriptures, so he was very well read in the scriptures of course he was the word of god so he would know them but he kept referring to the scriptures whenever he was tempted he would reca- he would he would reply it is written and he would you know re- 
um, say the whole scriptures all over again. He would repeat it. So yes, these are all spiritual disciplines that we can learn from Jesus. And he made sure that every encounter with him was an encounter with God. So he made sure that he was an epitome and a carrier of the essence of God. And all that he needs to do spiritually to make himself that kind of person who would reflect and show God in all of his interactions with human beings, he did it. So he did the behind the scenes work to ensure that anyone who interacted with him face to face would experience God through him. And we can tell ourselves, okay, it was Jesus. He, he, he you know, that would have happened anyhow. But then why did he have to do all of this, the prayer, all the private prayers? Why did he have to do that? So that means that there was a process that he went through. And by the way, he didn't just land on the earth and start preaching. He went through a whole character formation process as well. Even before he, you know, eventually launched into his ministry. So the point I'm trying to say is that Christianity is deliberate, is intentional. And I'm just, I don't know, it's like I've been asleep and I've just woken up from this really, really bad dream. Or It's almost like I've been in a matrix. Somebody just like froze my spiritual senses for like 15 good years and somehow God has unplugged me from that spiritual uh, uh, coma and now I'm awake and I'm seeing everything and I'm like what happened how did I get here how did I get to this place where I'm not practicing my faith I'm not serving God in the way that this Bible describes you know I, I I'm reading him talking about things like let us have a good reputation out, outwardly I mean the Bible talks about Christian there are Christian ethics there are things that you know what why is everything looking so new and strange because I never hear anything about it anymore I, I kid you not I could attend 10 different Christian programs in my community or in my state or you know and I would or listen to 10 different sermons from 10 different people and it's very unlikely that one of them would they would none of them would talk about character formation and the importance of treating people right or loving my neighbor they're all going to talk about how they would you know prayers to get my next job earn more money to you know fulfill purpose and the sort of inspirational thing I could get from you know every other motivational preacher or motivational speaker on the internet just interspersed with scripture for feel good purposes. Nothing that will change my eternal future or bring about intimacy with God or make me more reflective of the power of God on earth. So what we have is a whole church, including myself, of believers who look like believers, talk like believers, but do not demonstrate the power of the faith. And the Bible describes that as having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The power of love, nowhere. The power of faith, the power of the presence of God, completely absent. I mean, the apostles kept talking about, I mean, saying, Paul would say, look, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come to you with cunningly devised fables. He kept saying that, but I came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And then it just looked like he was just using flowery language. But he wasn't. He was, he was trying to say that there, it is possible to do Christianity and present it as cunningly devised fables or enticing words of man's wisdom. And that if you fall into that trap, 
you will never be able to demonstrate the power of God. And honestly, that's the trap we have fallen into as the body of Christ. In my view, around us, I think generally, globally, we have presented Christianity as commonly devised fables and enticing words of mass. That's why nobody's listening to us anymore. Because you take the power of God away from it, it is just fables. James, the book of James says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So I'm getting to a place where I realize that I need to be more intentional about practicing my faith, practicing love, and practicing Christianity in the way that the Bible describes it, not in the way that I have been taught over the past 10, 5 years. Practicing faith, practicing love, because the Bible does say we should practice it. Because no angel is going to come from heaven. And if, I mean, look at me. I have been a Christian born again for over 30 years. And I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling with things that I shouldn't struggle with. As in, I am still not, I'm very far from the standard that God puts in the Bible, even at the very basic level. Simply because what I have been practicing was self-actualization through Christ, which is completely the opposite of what the Bible preaches. The Bible teaches Christ's realization. Christ formation, character formation in Christ, spiritual formation in Christ, spiritual growth in Christ. It's not about self-actualization at all. In fact, I am supposed to die to self. I should have been on a journey of dying to myself all these years. Whereas I was on, on a journey of even actualizing myself more, preserving myself, but using Christianity as a platform to do that. No, no wonder I ended up, you know, at a dead end. Because it's not a sustainable spiritual model. It's not a sustainable spiritual model at all. It's a very, it's a self-destructive spiritual model, and the end of it can is, is, is can never be good. It's pain and loss. The model that is prescribed in scripture is one that encourages us to endure hardness, as true soldiers of Christ. And it encourages us to serve others before ourselves. It encourages us to walk in the love of God that is patient that is kind, that rejoices in righteousness, that practices godliness and waits for the return of the Lord, lives on earth as though Jesus was coming tomorrow. It's completely different from, we've been mainstreamed, we're just like everyone else. I'm not so, now that I think about it, I now understand why you know, we see a lot of people in the Western world turning to other religions because they have kept the devotions, they have kept the spiritual discipline, they have kept the differentiation, but we have mainstreamed it with the world. And the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. So in, in practice, we have become God's enemies. It's just the truth. So this is, I'm going to leave it here. I could have read a lot of scriptures because there are many things, scriptures that are talking about this, but I know these are, these are things we have talked about several times before now i'm not going to go into them um i would i I probably look for the scriptures and put a few of them in there um but this is a footnote a note to myself and i will continue speaking about this until i get onto that i get to that place that i know that i can now say i'm on track because i know that i haven't this is not what i have been doing for a very long time i have become so versed in self-preservation i always wondered why it was so difficult for me 
to preach the gospel and other things because honestly you you, you can't be living you know it's like you're on a track you can't be on a self-actualization track and then just pivot to christ it doesn't work that way the christ the christian path the discipleship in christ's path is a forsaking you forsake you leave it behind and then you move in that direction that christ is taking you which is gospel-centered christ-centered love-centered passion for souls, for humanity, and for life, and making a difference in the life of people you meet, either through words, through encouragement, you know, being with them, comforting them, encouraging them, just showing forth Christ, and just, you know, doing the same sort of thing Jesus was doing, even if you're not raising the dead, at least you're raising the dead things in people's life by encouraging them, by giving to them, by being a part of them, ministering to them, helping them through life, counseling, loving them, you know, so whatever it is, you know, so that path, you don't you can't be on that path and still be following your own self agenda it's not possible so i have been on the self actualization path for a very long time i am still trying to get off the road onto the christ centered path i'm not there yet but i trust god that he'll help me because i i think that desire is there because like i said i'm done i'm totally disgusted with that self whatever i'm, 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 I'm totally disgusted and I have said it before that I would like to have I said it actually on this podcast that I wish I could go somewhere for a year and just be in a place where all we'll be studying is the word of God and I believe that God heard that prayer I believe that he heard it and I know that there will be a day that I will be able to take a year off and not do any other thing at least a year at least a year Practice my faith, practice the word of God, and develop intimacy with the the Father. I must do it before I leave this earth. Because I'm a Christian, I am born of God, I have overcome the world, and I love God. I do not want to be his enemy, I want to be his friend. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. Thank you very much for listening. I'm just going to call this practice faith or something i really have no idea what i'll call it but i trust god that he will by the time you are you're listening to this you would have seen the title but thank you very much for listening and i i pray that the lord himself will meet you at the point of your need he will continue to show forth his grace and his mercy upon our lives and give us a reason to love him afresh every day in jesus name